Hello, and welcome to the Harrogate Food Show with me, Ben Wright from Running Park Hotel. Today I'm joined by John Molnar, the man behind the Cod Scallops, the number one fish and chip shop in the UK. He's on the show to share some chip shop secrets and simple dinnertime recipes. Hello there, my name is John Molnar. Uh, I'm the man behind the Cod Scallops, officially the number one fish and chip shop in the UK. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem at all. So I know you've got a, a lot of knowledge in like classical British food and all these kind of little tips and tricks that you can you learn from fish and chip shops. And uh, say so with, with your reputation, I thought I'd get you on the show just to tell the world about these little things that they don't know. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. So I'm going to get cracking with the first little thing, which is any ways to elevate your fish and chip order. So I've seen on your Instagram, you're doing these kind of fancy chip butty recipes and great ways to make your own fish and chips at home or these little sauces and condiments that can elevate your order. Is there any kind of ideas you want to talk about that? Um, I think it's a very personal thing, isn't it? Orders, uh, condiments and, and, and dips and sauces and stuff, you know. Um, I mean, classically, it's salt and vinegar. Obviously, you know, uh, most fish and chip shops, that's that's what you get. So little tip on that as well is always put your vinegar on first because then the salt will stick to your chips better. And it's more of a, a more seasoned chip rather than your salt first. So that's a little tip for salt and vinegar. But, yeah, we've done all sorts. We've done Marmite, Marmite mayonnaise. We've done it with truffle uh, mayonnaise. Um, we've done it on... You know, we've tried it on toasted sourdough. Uh, we've tried it with uh, sort of a sriracha and uh, tomato ketchup, so a bit spicier. But I think ultimately, you know, me, I'm a traditionalist, so I'm, you know, salt and vinegar and, and lashings of salty butter would be mine on, on uh, cheap white bread. You can't beat it, can you? Like <laughs> no, you bread. can't. Yeah, yeah. Any other advice on what types of fish are best or for the best quality of fish or any yeah. kind of ways you can check quality? I mean, a good way of, of going into a fish and chip shop is see if they're MSC certified or they're selling MSC. MSC is Marine Steward Council that that sort of govern where fish is landed and, and the best quality fish and, and, and also uh, sustainability. So it's it's key that, uh, that the better fish and chip shops, a lot of them will use MSC cod or MSC haddock. Um, check that they're part of the sort of national federation of fish fryers again it's another governing body that that a lot of the the top operators are in but i think regarding fish uh, you know cod scallops we do 20 25 different species on a daily basis so we're a little bit different to your average fish and chip shop should i say or, or, or your or your local um but i think um cod and haddock are always the most popular great alternative to cod is hake you know, cod family, probably the most sustainable fish in the UK at the moment. Beautiful, thick, white, uh, fl- big flakes, keeps really nice and moist. So I would say try other species, you know, try, try. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a fish called whiff or, or it's known as megrim in, in the chefing world. But um, it's a sole. Megrim's a beautiful fish, sort of half the price of Dover sole, but but great flavour, really holds up well to batter in. So I think... Uh, the more that the, you know like i said not many fish and chip shops offer a huge range but we do but but try something different and um and give it a go i would say i mean every time i go to a fish and chips shop i always see what's on the menu or anything like new or interesting that you know pops out of you because there's always one fish and chip shop that does something different to someone else yeah no. kind of thing they add on 
Yeah, totally. And, and, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think since obviously people have, are more getting more adventurous since years ago when they go to Portugal and Spain on holiday and they come back and, and they want to try sardines again because they had them when they're on holiday. So, you know, we sell a lot of sardines. We sell a lot of mackerel. And, and I think, again, mackerel to me is, is one of the king of fish, underrated, beautiful flavor, really nice, healthy, um, you know, as an oily fish. So, yeah, just give, give, give them a go. Give, give the different species a go. Definitely. I'm going to do a bit of a topic twist. And uh, it's, a, it's a question that's been around, the, been around in the fish and shit world for a long time. And that's your opinion on battered Mars bars. Well, actually, for uh, Burns Week this year, we did uh, cans of iron brew with a battered Mars bar. Um, and uh, th- we, at Easter, we did battered cream eggs. Um, which are next level. They are phenomenal. I've had one of those before. Um, pretty good. So really, really good. Um, but yeah, battered Mars bars, they almost go a little bit brownie-like. Um, not for me, but yeah, we did sell a lot the week we had them on. Any other little things that you've tried to batter before that have been surprisingly good? Or <sighs> Broccoli is really good from Raw. Uh, Brussels sprouts. We do Brussels sprouts at Christmas. We do battered Brussels sprouts with a sort of cranberry dipping sauce. Uh, and they are amazing. Again, from raw, but roll them in some seasoned flour into the batter, into the fryer, and they almost steam within the, the batter. Nice. So uh, they're, they're very nice, very tasty. So, yeah, sprouts, any, 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 any veg really is good. You know, sort of brassicas are very good. That should be a way to get your kids to eat sprouts. Yeah, they? definitely. Definitely. I'll just drizzle them in chocolate sauce. Works for mine. <laughs> there you go. Is there, is there any kind of other fish dishes? They don't have to be too traditional, but any kind of great fish dishes that you like to cook at home that are kind of easy? And if you want to run through how to cook them, or any ways that yes, you can do that at home? Y- yeah. So I, I try and do one pot or one pan dishes because um, me and my wife will always. Uh, sort of uh, debate who's doing the washing up so i try and keep it to one pan and then and then i know that if i've got to do it then i'm okay but i like things uh, uh, hake i mentioned you know there's a great dish with with uh so fry some chorizo off in some good olive oil add a little bit of garlic add some onions peppers uh, uh tin of tomato a bit of tomato puree tablespoon of tomato puree good splashy white wine uh cook the tomato puree out add some cut up cherry tomatoes and then sort of like a tin of like cannelli beans butter beans and use the stock from the beans uh that's in the in the tin um and cook that down so it's a very sort of light tomatoey uh, chorizo-y broth and then drop your fish into that so it kind of so the skin of the fish is um out of the broth and the, the flesh is in the broth and then uh just put a bit of olive oil on the skin and put it under a hot grill and it almost gets you get that crispy skin and poached flesh so you get kind of like almost two textures you'll get a nice crispy piece of bass or hake and then you'll get some beautifully nice poached fish underneath in a beautiful flavored broth so that's we do that one quite a bit um we cook quite a lot of salmon at home but again you know we'll just i'll just sort of pan fry it and and uh, do it with a nice sort of fennel and orange and cabbage slaw so again um you know some orange segments orange zest uh white cabbage onions carrots you know the usual sort of coleslaw suspects but rather than uh drowning it in mayonnaise just dressing it with uh, olive oil orange juice lemons juice uh salt pepper and a pinch of sugar 
And again, what happens is the the salt and the sugar sort of macerate the cabbage down, so it ends up almost softening the cabbage a little bit. That's great with with salmon or yeah. mackerel. When I make coleslaws, I try to avoid mayonnaise because it makes them really heavy and yeah. you want something that's kind of light and with a bit of yeah. acidity. Natural yogurt's sweetness. good. Yeah, or creme fraiche is good. Yeah, mayonnaise just makes it too sort of claggy, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so any other kind of traditional dishes that you like to do i know you're a big fan of yorkshire puddings and if you want to talk about some tips to get perfect yorkshire puddings and reveal your yeah. secrets yeah so i guess anything well i guess a good i think a roast a good roast lunch is is very difficult to to sort of cook uh, at home uh, there's a lot of elements to it you know to get it right to get that beautiful crisp fluffy roast potato to get that perfectly baked cauliflower cheese to get that nice glazed carrots etc but yorkie puddings for me are a staple really and uh since my kids my kids are growing up at another six and four but we used to sort of do like four yorkshires between four of us and, and now we're on sort of a tin of six between four of us i'm sure sooner we'll be doing 12 yorkshires on a on a sunday when we have them because the kids will have that and no meat but uh, equal quantities really is is the key. So uh, good free range eggs, you know, and, and working. I don't weigh. I just do a cup of each. So it depends how many I'm cooking for. It might be a sort of cappuccino cup. It might be a mug, but I'll fill it full of cracked eggs. Uh, equal, and then same of milk, and then same of plain flour, salt and pepper, and whisk away. Put it in the fridge a good two hours before you need it, and then. You know, good tips is really hot Yorkie pudding tin um, and an oil in there. So the tins are nice and hot and uh, three quarters away up with your batter. And 35 minutes later, you should have amazing Yorkshire puddings or very thick flat pancakes. <laughs> in in a, like a conventional home oven, what temperature would you recommend? I do mine at home, 185 for 35 minutes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Because... So I've got a bit of a, an old-fashioned oven, so it's hard to get the perfect every time. But when you've got when you're working in a restaurant and you get that perfect oven temperature, and you can just get yeah. absolutely stunning ones when you use like a rationale or these kind of chefy ovens. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, but a good you know a, a good fan oven at home um, should do the trick. And I, I think the key is it should be the sort of consistency of single cream. So a lot of the time, you know, that's a guide. But sometimes the eggs are a little bit you know smaller or or you, you, your flowers sort of absorb too much liquid but just check it before it goes in and whisk give it a whisk and then um let it down with a little bit more milk and, and away you go single cream consistency is, is the key to get a nice light fluffy yorkshire couldn't agree more so i'm gonna get on to your next speciality and that's pies so now you yes won some awards for your pies yes tips to create a good pie without revealing too much i think it's it's the key of of anything you know sunday roast fish and chips fish pie you know our pie we won um best pie at the uk pie awards two years on the bounce so last year we won it for our steak and ale and this year we won it for our chicken ham and leek um i think it's it's like anything whether you're cooking at home or, or in a restaurant it's quality ingredients you know buy the best you can afford um we make a really uh, our pastry is made with butter and lard so a mixture of both so it's it's quite short um quite a bit of salt in there as well and as you would you know we use a mixture if it's chicken we use a mixture of chicken breast and chicken thigh because the thigh gives it a m- bit more flavor you know good quality leeks double cream uh, and i think if it's a steak and ale same you know buy buy really good uh, beef chuck steak put some nice red wine or or 
bottle of ale in there and some nice root vegetables and if you make anything with love and and, and care and attention then then 99% of the time it should turn out as you as you expect it really what's kind of the best fats to use in your pies so we use in in the pastry we use a mixture of butter and lard we just find it it, yeah a sort of half and half mix and i'll tell you a nice little tip if you're doing a steak pie um which we don't do in in the in the fish and chip shop but i do at home is when my braise my beef and it's and it's cooling i just put a good squeeze of uh hp sauce in there nice there you go and it just gives it a bit of a twang uh a bit of sort of heat uh it's a bit like putting you know some people put worcester sauce in but i i prefer a bit of hp because i just think it's a bit thicker so there's a little tip for you nice well i always haven't done that before so i might give that a go yeah give it a go i, I like to put it in my chili this is a bit a bit cutting the rules a bit but i do put a bit of hp in my chili yeah yeah but it's there to be used exactly <laughs> it's the british staple it is it is indeed so um next thing is how to cook perfect chips and there's a lot of yes. different things that you can do wrong. Yeah, there are. Chips are a science. They're a science. I think potatoes are a science. You know, there's a, a lot to do with the dry matter. And this time of year, potatoes, we're just on new seeds and potatoes, which which aren't the best in the season. They're nice and lovely and sweet in flavour, but they've just got no body to them. So outside of this time, um, in a normal sort of, once the new season have, have come through, then uh, varieties are endless you know you've got hundreds of varieties but i try and use an agria or a challenger potato uh which are yellow fleshed uh because my opinion is that gives it a nice i want that roast potato f- feel i want that nice crusty outside and that fluffy inside so we use a, a an agria or challenger potato um cut the chips obviously you would peel the potatoes cut the chips wash all the starch off dry them well and then always blanch blanch on about blanch means to cook without color so cook on about 140 degrees for about five to six minutes depending on the thickness of your chip and they should be cooked all the way through but no color uh, lift them out and then get your fryer as hot as you can so 190 um 190 195 if it goes up to that get it hot uh and then just drop them in and and crisp them up but don't if you've got a sort of little domestic fryer at home don't put too many chips in at once that's the key because otherwise they'll they won't crisp up enough i know the tendency is to put them all in one hit because you're hungry but uh, <laughs> just hold fire and do them in little batches and uh, and there'll be a better chip and then your frying oil is again at the, at the shops we use dripping um which we just think gives it a bit more flavor but rapeseed oil is good as well if you want to sort of cater for for vegetarians and stuff yeah i think that's a bit of big debate about what the oil to use because a lot a lot of different places use different things yeah no yeah you some flour veg oil rapeseed oil dripping um uh, yeah they're all they're all about it and i think it's we've used dripping since 2011 and, and we've tried uh, various we've tried to um change onto rapeseed oil and, and we've used vegetable oils and a mixture of rapeseed and vegetable but w- we just can't seem to get that 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 same flavor profile for when you're frying dripping um and i know i'm missing on a market of 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 sort of the vegetarian side we do vegetarian pies and we do do them with sort of roasted potatoes and stuff like that but if they want that chips then 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 we just can't get the same flavor so we we've stuck to dripping yeah i mean it's it's i've had them with both and it's just that, that really nice kind of umami beefy flavor yeah, 100%. Which makes a major difference. Yeah, definitely. 
any other your favorite like british dishes that your specialities that you want to talk um, about um i mean is uh, is curry classed as british no it's not is it? I, 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 I like think some, um, some curries yeah I mean, I, I look, if I'm eating out, I love I love Indian food. I think Indian food's amazing. Um, but most chefs do, don't they? You know, they, we work late and we finish work and want to go for a curry because we're mad. But um, I like I like sort of I love um, cooking offal. Um, my, my wife and kids don't like it that much, but I like uh, deviled lamb's kidneys on toast. I think that's a great British classic dish. Um, lamb's kidneys are beautiful when when they're nice and fresh. Um, I like I like the sort of pork belly, you know, pork belly apple sauce stuff in classic combo. Oh, yeah, that's one of my um, favorites. Lancashire hot pot again, you know, made well with with some nice uh, lamb shoulder, um, you know, potatoes, onions. It's simple but made well, and I think I think you know you got to you got to go some to beat that from from a flavor point of view. So yeah, anything unhealthy really. Oh yeah, basically <laughs> meaty and unhealthy. That's British food. Right yeah, there. yeah. I think about end it soon, to be honest. Yeah, I've I've learned a lot actually because there's a lot of things I didn't know. Because it's uh, no they, they don't really tell you much about fish and chip shops. It's kind of uh, <laughs> kept to the side. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem at all. Listen, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening. To listen again, Google that chef Ben slash the Harrogate Food Show. You can also listen on Harrogate Community Radio, Harrogate Hospital Radio. Spotify.